morning. Good morning. Thanks, BT. Um, BT, you would never say this. I'm going to call you back up. Come on back up, BT. Um, so um, a lot of you just know BT, right? He's if, uh, so the, he talked about the disc golf tournament. There was a prayer walk here yesterday morning. There was an open house. Um, there was um, the maker's market. There was a disc golf tournament. Uh, there was just a lot going on. BT um, would never clamor for credit. But the disc golf was a, a dream that you had. Yeah, man. Um, in terms of how do how do we you do this at your home, and how do we do that as this as a church home? How do we invite people on, into our homes, into our yard? Because like even at your house, we live in this essentially the same neighborhood, <laughs> right? You have people all the time, and I think it's just an extension of who you are. And I think that this is the way that we're called to live. So I just wanted to say thank you, BT, yeah, for all the unseen hours of uh, the disc golf Come tournament. On, um, and it was just a culmination of one of the visions that God yeah. put on your heart. So. Thank you. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm Ben Diaz. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be here with you all. Um, today, I just kind of want to give you uh, a little preview of where we've been. Not a preview of where we've been. Where we've been and a preview of where we're going. Um, because this is the one week that kind of falls in between these series. So last week, we finished a year-long series that we started in September on the book of Titus called, do you remember what it was called? It was called Exiles. Yeah, and uh, that was about um, Paul to the people of Crete, to Titus, um, to let them know several things. Um, some of those things were the roles of elders and leaders within the church. Um, that sound doctrine or biblically sound teaching is what leads us to become more like Christ. And in the chapter 3, it's imperative that we remind us as believers to be transformed by grace. The grace of Jesus. And we see that in the first two words of chapter 3 when... Um, it's written these two words, remind them. Reminders are important. Next week, we start our summer series called You Asked For It. Um, the reason why it's called You Asked For It is because these are questions that you asked for. We had a survey. We asked all of you to kind of, what are the topics? What are the things that you have questions about? And so we have a schedule of these are the things. Um, for starting next week all the way through the end of August, these are some of the the topics that we're going to be engaging as a church. And that, not just ones that Pastor Marvin's decided, hey, we should, we should talk about that. He wanted, we all wanted to know, and he wanted to know, what is it that as you do community, as you, as you have people over to your yard, as you host people, um, have you have, as you have interactions, what are the things that you're asking about? And this is what you asked for. So we're starting that next week. So here we are conveniently in between those two um, series, and here's what we're going to kind of do today, is we're going to try to bridge those two with these two things. One is, I think we all would agree, we all need reminders. I need reminders. I write them on sticky notes and forget where I put them. I stick them on my phone and ignore them, right? Like, we all need reminders, though, because we don't want to forget the things that matter. Um, we want to remember the things, all the things in the midst of busyness. We, we don't want to forget, so we need reminders. And the second thing is this, just like we talked about, uh, well, we will be talking about um, in the summer series, questions matter. The questions you ask, they matter. Uh, if I asked you, how are you doing today, that's a lot different. That's a different approach than what's wrong with you today, right? It reveals the type of questions you ask reveals a lot about you as the person who's asking. And it also reveals a, a lot about the person that you're asking about. So questions matter. So we're talking about these two things today to kind of bridge those. We all need reminders. I think we all agree with that. And that questions, they matter. All right, so let's start with a quiz. I know it's kind of finals week for some people going into finals week. If you're in high school, if you're uh, in college, uh, you probably just had finals. Um, so here's a four-question quiz. It's not open book, so don't be Googling stuff on your phone. Um, last week, we finished a year-long series on the book of Titus. Here's the first question. What are the first two words of chapter 3? Remind them. I even just said that eight minutes ago, right? And you're probably like, oh, did he? Did he? He was talking eight minutes ago? Yes. So this is good, right? All right. Here's the second one. Uh, well, who, who likes uh, basketball, right? Who filled out a bracket? Everybody. A lot of people filled out a bracket. There are millions of brackets, right? This happened in March, and the championship game was in April. I bet you don't know the answer to this question. Name the four college basketball team teams who played in this year's Final Four. Do you know them? Exactly. You, don't, you know one of them. You probably don't even know one of them. You, I know you didn't pick any of them. If you said you picked even one of them, you're lying. Um, but here, here's the answer. UConn won. They beat San Diego State 
Miami, and Florida Atlantic, right? Who remembers that now? You needed a, to be jogged to that memory, right? But a lot of you probably were like, I know I watched some of those games. I can tell you Michigan State lost to Kansas State, and Marquise Noel, the point guard for Kansas State, had a career game. I do remember that. Um, it was a great game. We lost in overtime, if you don't remember. I still feel it. Um, all right, here's, a, here's another one. This, this is question three. So far, we're not, I don't know, are you doing well on this quiz? The worship team just led us in three songs. Name the first song they led us in. On You Stay. All right, who got that right? No, I'm just I'm not going to make you raise your hands. Yeah, so good job. It was On You Stay. I tried to pick that one because the title of the song is not a lyric in the song. On You Stay means Lamb of God, uh, but we sing the word Alleluia a lot in that song. So, all right, here's the last one. I think we're doing well. You guys are doing great. Some people are like, I'm going to get these right. Um, what was the highest grossing movie of last year, 2022? Who knows? Top Gun Maverick, yeah? Did everybody get that one right? Anybody see that movie? Yeah, you probably forgot about that movie because a lot of movies have come up ever since then. So here's, here's the thing. We all need reminders. Um, you can recall them oftentimes when you have something to kind of jog that memory. Now, the ability to remember and our tendency to forget is a very well-documented thing. Uh, we talked about the King of Glory. We sang about the King of Glory today. We've, we've even done reminders today, even through communion. So we can tell already there's a value for remembering and a value for just not forgetting. And that's what we're kind of going to do today. So there's this thing called the forgetting curve. Um, this is research that kind of tells you these three things. This is, this is how we've been created, and there's this research that documents this. Uh, within one hour... People, you and I, will have forgotten an average of 50% of the information. Do you see that? So there's the retention level on the y-axis, on the x-axis is time in, in terms of days. And 50% of everything, your new information, without any um, intentionality to recall that information, you'll lose 50% of it in an hour. At 10.56, half of everything I've said you won't even remember, right? <laughs> half of it, unless, unless you have opportunity, unless you try to remember, all right? The next thing is within 24 hours, in one day, you'll have forgotten an average of 70%. J just in one day, like it's just, it's just gone. And when I see you next week, 90% of everything that happened this morning, you won't even remember. Unless you take steps to try to remember it, unless it means something to you to try to, 90% of it gone. 10% of it there. And probably the 10% would be stuff of like, I don't know, I like Ben's shoes, right? You might remember that. Um, my boys picked them out for me. So, um, so the things that you remember, 10% of it is all that you'll remember. So next week, if I see you or if somebody talks to you this week and says, hey, what was church about on Sunday? And you say, I, f I forget. You'd be right because you'd be right on spot on because that's exactly what we're talking about. So there, with this research, um, this is from the Science of Forgetting. Uh, from the growth engineering uh, study, there's four factors of why we forget so quickly based on that. You see that curve, right? It just happens so fast. Um, the first thing of why you forget um, is because of strength and relevance, right? If, if it doesn't matter to you, it's not relevant to you, you'll just forget it. You might not know in 2001 if you were alive, you might not know what happened on September 11th in your life. I'm sorry, in September 10th of your life. You might not know, September 10th. But like I just mentioned, you all remember, I know I remember, what September 11th looked like, right? You remember that day, but the day before, it wasn't strong, it wasn't relevant for me. But for all of us, collectively, it was. You might get a one-time passcode on your phone so you can sign into some app. Um, you're not going to remember that, but you'll remember your phone number or your social security number because that's relevant in their strength to why you need that. The second factor is time. You can literally do nothing, and this will be taking effect, right? In one hour, you're just going to forget half of this, un unless you do take steps. By tomorrow morning, you're just going to forget 70% of all this, unless it matters. And by next week, it's 90% gone, right? So you can just tell time without doing anything. You can do literally nothing, and this has an impact on forgetting. The next one is presentation, right? If if that's why songs get stuck in your head, 
um, at least in mine, because if it's presented in a way that's memorable and catchy, you'll just remember it a lot easier, right? Like I know I've used this example before. Um, if you are trying to find the 13th letter of the alphabet, you don't go A, B, C, D, you go A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, it's M, right? That's what we all do, I mean, at least, at least I do. Um, you can confess that you do it too, it's cool. Um, so presentation, it matters, right? So like even if you're um, taking finals this week, right? Like the way it's presented, it's mat it matters. There's strength and relevance to it until the final's over and then you probably forget a lot of it. All right, our, I'm sorry to all the teachers that I just said that. That's not true. I'm a piano teacher, so it's, it's true for me too, right? Um, everything you say matters. Let's just put it that way. The last one is feelings. Um, how you feel, physiological factors like sleep and stress um, and psychological factors like our, our mood and how our mood of, like, how, if you're hungry, how's your mood doing, right? If you're hungry right now, you might just be like, look, I, I, we can forget about what you're talking about, Ben, let me just go eat, right? There's factors that are, that are common to all of us. We're all kind of created this way. The, the research is just revealing how our creator has created us. The, the creator that never sleeps or slumbers has created us to need sleep. The, the creator that doesn't need food, God does not need food to sustain him, but yet he's created us so that we need it. He's created us in a way that uh, we, don't ha we can't remember everything. Um, but here's the thing. Um, remembering matters. And I, without having to convince you of that, I think we can all agree that remembering matters. Um, if you're discouraged by this, here's one encouragement. Research also shows uh, by a University of Toronto study that um, forgetfulness is a sign of intelligence, right? So if you feel like I forget a lot of things, you can just tell, hey, there's a study. I forgot where to find it, forgot who did it, but I'm intelligent. You can do that. Um, the best way to help yourself remember, it's tried and true, it's biblical, it, there's research that backs it up, and your mom and your dad probably tell you this too, right? The best, the only ways, really, to remember stuff is repetition and reinforcement. The best ways to do it is repetition and reinforcement. Say it again. Repetition and reinforcement is the way to do it. If you didn't hear what I said, repetition, reinforcement, that's it. All the other ways, mnemonic devices, visual type of things, those are all versions of repetition and reinforcement. It's biblical. So here's the thing. There's really no magic trick to remembering. Um, you and I may have been created with a tendency to forget. That's true. But you and I are also created with a call to remember. He's called us to remember. He's created us to forget. That's true. The research shows it. You, hear, you see it all over scripture. But there's a call on your life and on my life to remember. So do we do that? We don't just say, well, I just built to forget. That's just the way I am. Deal with it. It's one where this, like, he's created me this way, and yet he calls me to remember. That's what we're going to focus on today. If you don't believe me, not, not that anyone's not believing me, but... Here's some examples, and they're all over the Bible, of reinforcement and repetition. There's so many of them, but I want to just draw our attention to two. Um, see if this one rings a bell. There's one in Exodus chapter 12. It says this. This is God speaking. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, this is God speaking, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord. Throughout your generations, as a statute forever, you shall keep it as a feast. Yeah, you guys, you know about this, right? Because we just celebrated this. So this is talking about the Passover feast, and then Jesus comes, he has the Last Supper, which is a Passover feast. And then we remember, because he tells us, he calls us to remember. Do this in remembrance of me, and we did it today, as a sign of repetition, as a way to have retention. We do it here at Trinity, first week of every month, right, like clockwork, because we don't want to forget. We have a tendency to forget, and we've decided we're not going to forget. So we're going to do communion once a month, first week of the month. That's through repetition. Here's another example in the Bible. Like I said, there's many, but in Proverbs chapter 7, it says this, my son, remember what I say and treasure my commands, obey my commands, 
and you will live. So remember what I say. Guard my teachings as you would your own eyes. Remind yourself of them. Remind yourself. It matters. Write them on your heart as if on a tablet. Um, write them on your heart. as This is a way to reinforce. Retention through reinforcement. Write them down. Remind them. Guard them. Pursue them. All of that is reinforcement. Repetition, reinforcement, only way to remember. Okay? So if this is through the Bible, for me, sometimes it's helpful to just kind of be like, well, what's an example of why reminders are super important and how does that relate to me? Um, one of the, my favorite things to do is to just look at stories in the Bible and just kind of see, I see so, mu- so much of how I, who I am and who I aspire to be, who I was and who I don't want to be through all these stories. So um, the biblical example that we're going to talk about is a guy named Peter in the Bible. Uh, you may know all these things about Peter, but let me just kind of talk about Peter a little bit just to jog your memory just in case you've forgotten a little bit about Peter, just in case you heard about him over a week ago and you only know 10% about the things I'm about to tell you about Peter. Peter was one of the 12 original disciples and one of Jesus' closest companions. Um, Peter was originally a fisherman by trade, um, and when he was called to Jesus, called by Jesus, um, their first interaction, Jesus immediately calls him a nickname, and he calls him The Rock, right? When we think of The Rock, we think of um, Dwayne uh, The Rock, um, the, the wrestler guy. Um, what's his last name? Well done. See? Those things come so quick, right? What's a movie he's been in? Uh, right, exactly. So, yeah, you guys, Moana, I like that one. Uh, you're welcome. Um, so, like, he gives him that nickname. And when we think of The Rock, we think of Dwayne Johnson. Um, and, uh, but his name was Peter. Peter means rock. In other translations, it says Cephas, right? So right away, you knew that Jesus and Peter were going to be tight because they just met and Jesus already has given his boy a nickname, right? So you know that, like, if you're giving people nicknames, as soon as you meet them, you know that you're going to be good buddies. Um, He was loyal to Jesus. Um, There's several things uh, that we know about Peter, um, just in his loyalty. You remember when he declared his unfailing devotion to Jesus multiple times? I mean, it was very uh, emphatic, When a bunch of followers deserted Jesus and stopped following him, Jesus asked, you don't want to leave me too, do you? And Peter answered, Lord, to whom do we go? You have the words of eternal life. Just like we had celebrated the Last Supper and remembering Jesus, Peter said to to Jesus um, at the Last Supper, where are you going? And Jesus answered, where I go, you can't follow me for now, but you will follow later. And this is what Peter says in his loyalty Lord, why can't I just follow you right now? I will lay down my life for you. Peter was precious to Jesus. Remember, Peter was the one when there was a storm that came, Jesus calmed it, Jesus walked on the water. And uh, Peter got out of the boat because of faith, right? He's loyal. And um, we see how precious Peter is to Jesus when he steps out of the boat, starts walking on water. This is Peter. And then what happens? Doubt comes in. And Peter says, Lord, save me. He starts to sink. And Jesus saves him, right? He, he's precious to him. And again, the night that Jesus was arrested and before he was crucified, we see how precious Peter is to Jesus when Jesus tells Peter, um, Satan demanded to have you. This is Jesus talking to Peter. Satan Satan himself demanded to have you, Peter, that he might sift you like wheat, right? That's, that's, a, that's a pretty rough call on his life from Satan. But then the, Jesus said this, but I have prayed for you that your faith might not fail. Jesus prays for Peter. He's precious. Peter is precious. And Peter is sure of himself leading up to Jesus' arrest, right? He says, I won't deny you. I'm ready to go to prison and to death. You know, Jesus says, you're going to deny me three times. He's like, no, I would never do such a thing. And here it is. If I say the name Peter from the Bible, what's probably the first thing, be honest, that comes to your mind about Peter, it's probably that he denied Jesus 
three times. In Jesus' biggest time of need, that's what we remember. We remember Peter for his worst day. For his worst day. He does all these things. He walks on water. He does all this stuff. Oh, you mean Peter? Peter the one that, that denied Jesus? That's the Peter you're talking about? So they're all clear? That's what we remember. See how it matters how you're remembering things? What you choose to remember? How you choose to describe things? Or people? Yeah, he's the guy. He's the guy that denied him. We didn't talk about any of this other stuff. We didn't talk about his nickname and how cool that was. We talked about how he denied him. How he messed up. How he failed Jesus in Jesus' time of need. So, Jesus, right? He goes to get crucified, mercifully beaten. He has to carry his own cross, gets nailed to it, and left to die. And think of Peter now. What would you remember about yourself if you were Peter? You had three times you could have said something. Yeah, I'm with him. And I was the one that said I would go, go to prison and die with him. And now, like, I don't even know him. Nope, you're wrong. That's not me. Doesn't this feel like you and me? Right? This feels so real. Because, like, what, what if you were Peter, right? And here's the beautiful thing. Sunday comes. The tomb is empty. Jesus is beaten death. He rises from the grave. He's forgiven our sins. And now he's appearing to his close family and friends. And that's where we're going to pick up. Because what do we do? What are we going to remember about Peter? So in, in John chapter 21, Jesus has already appeared to his disciples multiple times, which includes Peter. We don't know too much about those interactions, but we do know a lot about this one. That's in John chapter 1. Let me sum up a little bit the first 14 verses for you. Here's the thing. You can find Peter fishing again, right? So I don't know if you know this, but the first time when Jesus met Peter and called him Dwayne Johnson, um, Peter was fishing. Jesus needed a boat because there was too big of a crowd. So he asked to get in a boat, so they pushed out from shore. And Peter had been fishing all night, all day, had nothing. And then all of a sudden, Jesus gets in the boat, and all of a sudden there's all this fish that they, they almost broke the boat. And they go to shore, and Jesus says, hey, um, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Leave, leave all these things and come follow me. That's the first interaction, right? Gets a nickname, gets a bunch of fish, and then loses all the fish, and then goes and follows Jesus. That's what's happening. First time they meet. Now Jesus died, and then he rose again. Peter's back fishing, Right? He's no longer a fisherman right now. Guess what happened? He's fishing, has no fish. Similar to the very first time, right? There's so many parallels. And then somebody from the shore says, you haven't got any fish yet? Why don't you try on the other side of the boat? So he does. And they get a, a bunch of fish, like 159 or whatever the number is. I can't remember. Um, whatever the number is. And same thing. Loads up the boat, almost breaks the boat. They go back to shore. And it's a full boat. And when they get back to shore, guess who's there? The resurrected Jesus with a fire going and he's ready to have breakfast. So this is where we pick up in verse 15, John chapter 21. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, see he's calling him by his real name, Simon, official. Do you love me more than these? These things are the fishing stuff, like this stuff. Like, do you, like, do you love me more than this stuff? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted, but when you were when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you to where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And Jesus said to Peter, follow me. Same thing he said the first time. Last thing he says to him, follow me. Notice that Jesus doesn't lecture or scold Peter in this passage. He asks him questions instead. Questions matter. He asks, have you caught anything? Have you tried the other side of the boat? Do you love me? These questions matter to Jesus because questions leave room for relationship 
and grace. Is it true that Peter denied Jesus, one of his best friends, three times, even after he declared his loyalty? Absolutely true. But the truest thing about Peter wasn't his denial of Jesus. The truest thing about Peter was his friendship with Jesus. Jesus didn't need to be reminded of his denial, but his friendship, his friendship with Jesus was greater than his failure of Jesus. I'm going to say that again. Your friendship with Jesus is more important than your failure of Jesus. I'm going to say it again because it matters. And repetition is the only way you can remember this. Because on Tuesday morning, when you're going to be like, man, I failed Jesus again, what is this I'm supposed to remember? Your friendship with him is more important than your failure of him. It was true for, for Peter. It's true for you. Peter was worth it to Jesus. He was worth coming back for. He was worth blessing with a boatload of fish. He was worth making a hot meal for. He was worth having a face-to-face conversation with over breakfast. He was worth looking in the eye and reminding him of who he truly is and who he was intended to create to be. He is worth forgiving. They weren't just friends until Peter screwed things up by denying Jesus. Their friendship was always based on Jesus' faithfulness, not on Peter's inability to fail. Their friendship was always based on Jesus' It was Jesus' faithfulness, not Peter's inability to fail. Your friendship with Jesus is the same way. Your friendship with God is and always will be based on God's faithfulness and not your inability to fail. It's not your inability to fail that makes him come near to you. It's his faithfulness that makes him come near to you. Right? It's, it's the, his loving kindness draws you to repentance. He doesn't wag his finger in Peter's face and say, where were you when I needed you? I know everything worked out great for you. He doesn't do that. So why do I do that? Why do you do that? Why do we do that? We do that to each other. We do that to people that we, we know, that we love, people we don't know, the people we don't love. We do that on, on social media. We do that in the grocery store. We just wag our finger at people's faces, ask them questions, and try to shame them into loving people. Right? Jesus doesn't do that. Because his friendship is not based on his failure. That's what wagging your finger in people's faces does. It's because you failed. You failed. I failed. We all failed. Don't you know we all failed? It's not friendship. It's all failure. And you failed more than me, and that's why I'm wagging my finger in your face. Right? comes so easy to all of us, myself included. But our friendship with Jesus is not based on our inability to fail, fail, because why would we need grace at that point? It's based on his faithfulness. Jesus didn't remind Peter of his past. He reminded him of his purpose, right? He didn't remind him of his past. He reminded him of his purpose. After the meal, he asked him this question, do you love me? And the answer is, well, yes. His response wasn't like, well, are you sure? Because remember that last time? Kind of needed you. You weren't there. I don't know if you do. It wasn't that. He reminded him of his purpose, feed my lambs. Tend to my sheep. Feed my lamp. Upon this rock, I will build my church. That's you, Peter. Build my church. That's your purpose. He reminds him of his purpose to remember who he is. I love this. This is the last interaction Jesus had with Peter on earth. Jesus doesn't leave him to, your last interaction with Jesus is denying him and watching your best friend and savior hung on a cross, and you're not even there with him. I mean, you're there with him, but not in the way that you said you would. His last interaction with Jesus was having breakfast with a good friend. It's beautiful. Maybe Peter won't be remembered any longer by his worst days. Maybe he'll be remembered by his redeemed ones. Maybe you won't be remembered by your worst days anymore. Maybe you'll be remembered by your redeemed ones. It's true. It's true. Peter denied Jesus. But it's also true they were buddies. It's also true Peter was there. It's also true... Peter had a special life in Jesus, or special place in Jesus' life. Those are all true. What do we choose to remember? Oh, he's the guy that denied him. The way that you choose to remember about people, about yourself, about who God is, about the person sitting next to you, all of that matters. And it matters in the way that you say it, the way that you think it, the way that you love them. Peter's good works, and he did go on to do good works. I'm going to tell you about them here in a second. Good works weren't motivated by shame. They were motivated by love. Peter's good works were not motivated by the shame he felt. They were motivated by the love of Jesus, the forgiveness of Jesus, the faithfulness of Jesus. That's what motivated him. If you take a look in Acts chapter 2, this is, this is what happens after this interaction. They, the disciples, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching 
and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread. They remembered, they broke the bread just like we did, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles, the disciples. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. He's feeding the sheep. They sold property and possessions to give anyone what they had in need. I, I messed that up, but you know what I mean. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. He's tending to the lambs. They broke bread in their homes. He's feeding the sheep and ate together. And with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You see that? Peter's living out his purpose. Not by shame, but because of love. The love that he feels from Jesus. And it's, there's, it's documented. This is also true about Peter. The guy that denied him is also doing all these things. Love for God isn't displayed by knowing the right answer, but by obeying with the right response. Love for God isn't displayed by just knowing the right answer. Peter knew the right answer. Do you love me, Peter? Yeah. That's not what Jesus was only looking for. Jesus doesn't respond with, do you love me? Yeah. Oh, you do? Okay, cool. We're good now. He says, feed my sheep. Respond with your purpose and obey. Follow through with the right response. Remembering mattered to Peter. If you look in 2 Peter, one of the epistles, one of the books that Peter wrote, it says this in chapter 1. This is Peter talking. So I, this is Peter, I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them, even though you know them, Repetition and reinforcement are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body because I know that I will, I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus has made clear to me. Remember, Jesus predicted um, Peter's death, right? That your death would glorify God. Peter remembers all this stuff. He even puts it here. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, after I leave, after I die, you will always be able to Remember these things. Remembering matters. Peter lives it. He's lived it all with Jesus. And this is one of the last things he writes to us. Remembering matters. All right. We talked about the things for today are we all need reminders and questions matter. One of the, my favorite ways, what does all this mean, right, is I need reminders. And... There's a presentation of reminders that I have. Like, I, you know, there's different things I do. Like, I have words of identity on cups, on T-shirts, hanging them in my office, in my home, all that stuff. But probably one of my more impactful things is writing music, writing songs, because it's so personal. Um, so that's what we're going to do right now. Is um, there's a there's a few things that we're going to do. One, the first thing. Let me just say one thing we're going to do is I want to share a song called "Can You Remind Me" that I wrote. Um, and it's a list of my reminders that I put into a song because I need it, right? Like, I can play the piano, um, but then when you put your own reminders into a song, just like we've talked about, songs get stuck in your head. Um, and as you can tell by the title, there's a question in there, and it's, can you remind me? And the, the question I have um, asked in this time is because I have a tendency to forget. And so... If you, if you look at the lyrics, which we'll do here in a second, you'll notice a couple things. Um, there's nods to Peter. I, one of these verses I just wrote this past week because being immersed in this, I'm like, this feels like Peter. And, and this is the words I chose. When I forget your love, when I misunderstand and judge, your grace flows like a flood. And I know because it's in your blood. Um, there's, very, there's a list of things in the chorus can you remind me of your warm embrace? That's, that's yes for all of us. It's very personal to me. I remember the first time I encountered the embrace of the Father. Ooh, even though that was years ago, it's still, it's, I, yeah, it's still relevant and strong. I won't forget that. Of his amazing grace, of how he holds the space. The, t the space between the time he created me and the time he's coming back and when I get to see him again, he holds this space with grace and with love. Um, so th there's just reminders in here. So um, I'm going to invite Andrea to help with these songs. So we'll do this first song first. And really the invitation is this, is what are, what are the reminders? Um, as you walked in, you probably got this, hello, Andrea. Um, you got this token, um, and it is kind of funny. Uh, we are going to write token reminders um, today. And, but it's literal because we want, I want 
God wants us to remember. What are the things that we want to remember? And so even during this time, over these next couple of songs, we'll just do one song and then I'll um, talk a little bit more. You're welcome. Um, is this, as you listen to these, there's, I'm sure there's reminders. Um, there's value of remembering what's, what's true about you. And you don't want to forget them. Because you could be like, oh, that's, thank you, God, that's great. And I could have done that and not put it to a song. And guess what? The enemy who comes to rob, steal, kill, and destroy, what he wants that. He wants those goodies. He wants to take them, rob you of them, and throw them away. Right? You'll only be able to keep what you're only fiercely willing to defend. And one simple way is to take those moments to listen to him, to recognize that he doesn't motivate you by shame. He motivates you by love. Listen for his voice and write it down. Put it in your pocket like I have in mine. Right? I have, a, I have one of these tokens, but I also have a... Trust me, I have a token in my pocket. Actually, I... I feel like people don't believe me right now. <laughs> I got a token in my pocket <laughs> to help me remember. All right, so um, just over these next five minutes for this song, you can listen, you can just relax, um, but you can engage. Um, you can engage with what he is seeking to remind you of during this time. Just took a drink of water and it went down the wrong hole. So, <coughs> excuse me. This is great. All right. Faith slows to a crawl 
So that, that song is, is strong and relevant to me. It might not be to you. Um, but see what's available, right? Like he's, he's called us to be creative. You don't have to write songs. Um, but you can write things down. You can listen. He's creative. And he, he's the one that releases that to us. So even right now, like what we'll do is this, just for um, this, this next song, um, I really want to leave space. And the way we'll kind of leave space is through um, these three questions. Um, these reflection questions. Robert, I know I'm, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Um, what is it that you need to be reminded of by God this week? There it is. What is an area of your life God is calling you to seek his wisdom this week, right? 90% of all this is going to be gone when I see you again next Sunday, right? 50% of it is probably already gone already. Does, this is not the point. What does God want you to remember? What is something you can give God thanks for this week? Gratitude is a powerful reminder, right? You enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. It reinforces uh, what's true. And give thanks to the giver and not to the gift. God is the giver. Don't give thanks for the gift. You can say thank you for the gift, but give thanks to the giver. So while we're doing, while you're reflecting, we can just leave these up. Um, let's just leave them up, Elliot, because I think this is probably more important than the, the words of the song that I'm about to sing because the words of the song I'm about to sing are from Psalm 139. And if you ever wonder, what does God think about you? It's in Psalm 139. It's all over the Bible, actually. But this is where I've chosen to, to do Psalm 139. I remember this time, when it, before I kind of wrote this song, there was a time I did something very similar to this. It was very vulnerable, got zero feedback. And I'm a type of person that really uh, thrives on words of affirmation. Um, almost to a fault sometimes, right? And since I heard nothing and I risked it, I was vulnerable. I thought I shared and I heard nothing. I started filling in the blank with my own thoughts. I was like, ooh, that was probably too much. Ooh, I'm never going to do that again. Ooh, I wonder what they thought. They probably thought it was terrible. All that stuff. And I couldn't sleep. Um, and because I couldn't sleep, um, after that, I remember God's voice gently saying, well, Ben, ask me what I think. Whoa. He goes, ask me what I think. What, what an invitation, right? He doesn't wag his finger in my face. He goes, ask me what I think. Well, I'm at my most vulnerable. And so I go, well, what do you think? This is, what, this is what I heard him say in my spirit. Ben, you are thought of well, and you are thought of often. And that's been probably the most impactful statement I've ever heard from God to Ben Diaz. And that's for all of us. And I wasn't, I wasn't reading through Psalm 139 at that time, but it was later when I kind of was like, I wanted to test it against his word. It's all over Psalm 139. I'm not going to read Psalm 139 because you have access to that, and you should. You should write that down. I will read one, Psalm 139 this week. Um, you should do that. Because if you're looking for reminders, it's there. It's in his voice, it's in his spirit, it's in his word. Um, and so as we do this, this is the invitation, is what is it that he's, he's asking you that you need to be reminded of? And he can tell you. It's an area of life you're seeking wisdom from him. And then write it down. 
Give him thanks. Write it down. Put it on a coin. Stick that coin in your pocket and respond. All right, so this is the song called Thought of Well from Psalm 139. We'll just go, we'll just go to it.
We've talked a lot about the consequences of forgetting, but let's talk about the benefits of remembering as we leave here today. It's not the consequence of forgetting is going to be all these bad things. The, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the compassion, the self-control that you'll receive by remembering, that's what motivates us. Um, so write your reminder on the coin. Stick it in your pocket. Put it in your cup holder of your car. Um, put it on your mirror, something. Um, you might be like, hey, what were those songs again, and how do I get them? Um, if you want to do that, there's a green welcome card. If you sign up for the top five and add you, uh, if you add you to the top five email list that comes out on Wednesday, you fill that out, drop it in the giving uh, stations. On Wednesday in the afternoon, you'll have a, a midweek reminder right there. You just click on the links and, and you'll get these songs to help jog your memory. Because you're going to forget. I'm going to forget. Um, and then pray, right? There's, there'll be an opportunity to pray here at the end. Pray for others. Pray um, to be reminded um, and remind other people. We are living reminders for one another. And it depends on, you know, just based on, like we said, our mood. And sometimes we can be living reminders of not good things. But we want to be living reminders of the Christ that's in you and the Christ that's in me. So that's our call. Um, as we finish today, I invite you to stand and uh, let's pray together. Lord God, we, uh, we remember you. We remember your goodness. We remember your faithfulness. We recognize that our friendship with you, Jesus, is not based on our inability to forget, but your ability to be faithful and to forgive. And so we thank you for that. Would you remind us this week of your presence? Would you remind us of how you've created us? Would you remind us of our purpose? And even as we're reminded of our past, things that are embarrassing, things that we're not proud of, things that we wish we could change, can we be remembered for the ways you've redeemed it and not for our worst days. So we offer these, all these memories, all of them to you. I pray that you would seal them up and we recognize even though we're created um, with a tendency to forget, you call us to remember. Would we be a people that helps one another remember that you are good and that we are with you?